in today's episode. Did we use one of my DVDs instead of your download world of hell? Day day. We used a day by day. We did. Sheer joy she has on her face when she's on the little cart thing mm. with the gun just before she gets shot and she's yeah. like, I'm freaking doing it. Yes. I am killing I, shit. I'm this. changing worlds. Hurt Ian McCulloch. He was a bit of a twat. Not a nice man. These big conglomerates do have so much more power and they do make massive decisions that yeah. impact us all. And it was just, it was so clever to know that that was the way the world was going. It was all going to be about the company at some point. It, it was a story that needed to be told, I think. Yeah, it just so stands the test of time. Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of World Enough and Time. Fifth. Fifth. Fifth, I feel like we've arrived. I know. I am Andy. I'm Alex. You're still here. <laughs> I'm still in New Zealand. Do you get the feeling I've outstayed my welcome? Can you just go? <laughs> no, I won't. Because we've got some important business to deal with. What? I know. We've done the visitation. What more can there be? Well, how about we record... We, we thought we'd record another podcast. What? What I can know. we talk about? Perhaps the story that we watched in order to cleanse our brains from the visitation. Which one was this? I can't remember. Well, I think you may have chosen it, so I think you do remember. Rude. But before we get to that, um, I think it must be time for our um, opening element. Yeah, what's that? Quiz! 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 Surely it's got to be your turn for a quiz. I think so. If you could please ask me some quiz questions for a change, then I could answer them. But I really like a quiz, so that's really unfair. I know, but look... But I really enjoy a quiz. Yeah. But this is the fifth podcast, so I think it's time that you asked me questions. Okie dokie, rokey roo. What's your... Have you got a a fiendish quiz? Oh, it's fiendish. Is it? Don't you dare look. Get your face away from my phone. (laughs) Well, I thought... Yeah. Being as I know everything about Doctor and you're quite limited in your knowledge... (laughs) That's the situation. Yeah. Um, I could ask you... um, Well, I could name some William Hartnell episodes and you could tell me what story they're from. Do you think you might be able to get that? Piece of cake. Do you? Yeah. Good. Good. I've got one. Okay. Number one. Uh-huh. Conspiracy. Oh, that's from the Romans. Oh, bollocks. <laughs> I don't know what episode it is, Rudy but Rue. it's definitely one of the Romans. Where did that come from? It's only because I listened to a podcast about the Romans really recently, You're otherwise so I would no, no, never have got that. Hooray. Episode three? I can't even talk to you anymore. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Checkmate. Checkmate. Mm. Oh, is that from the Time Meddler? Oh, for goodness sake. Can you keep score badly, please, Christy? (laughs) Thanks. Two out of two. (laughs) That was a real guess, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Uh Yeah. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Crisis. Oh. I think that's the third episode of Planet of Giants. Oh, I hate you. <laughs> I thought that I wouldn't yeah, be able to get No, but the thing is, it's not just me that hates you, it's kind of everyone now. Okay. You're learning to be hated. <laughs> hip, 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 hooray. I'm quite okay with that. Okay. All right. Now, this is confusing. Okay. The Rescue. That's from The Rescue, right? Wrong! Oh, oh, no! 
Sugary Ann. Damn. What a shame. Annoying. I was thinking I was going for the full ten there. Yeah, you're not getting it. <sighs> There's more to be had. Okay. Good. Um, the Slave. What, it's just called The Slave? The Slave. Traders. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. That is the Romans episode two. Damn it. These olives just went. Um, <laughs> I think it's important we keep our listeners abreast of the olive situation. That's not enough. That was quite in, in keeping with the Romans there, though, wasn't I'm it? I'm really annoyed with you. <laughs> Come on. Okay. Day of Armageddon. Oh, that's... That's an easy one. That's de- that's smart di- master plan. Yeah, it's an easy one. Let's have that be said by all. It's an easy one. <laughs> all I'm proving is that I'm a complete spod. Mm-hmm. Um, the sea beggar. Oh, that's the massacre. <laughs> the massacre of what? Shame of Hollywood's Eve. Thank you. Uh, there's the Hall of Dolls here, which makes me laugh very much because you had that music from the Hall of Dolls. I did, which I reused it. So good. I was so terrified of the Hall of Dolls. Right. Um, this is less tricky than I thought it would be, and therefore I hate you a wee bit. When I say a wee bit, I mean a lot. Um, the Search. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I feel I should know that one. Christy, have you got points marked down? Because mark him down for any time that he's been slow. Um, the Space in. Museum? Oh, piss off. <laughs> Nobody even likes you. No. The War Lords. The War Lords? Mmm. you got to say it like you're James Bree, though. The War Lords! <laughs> I think the war, Lords, might be an episode of The Crusade. Shh. Correct. Yeah, all right. Correct, because pots. Yes, it is. Um. Yeah. Invasion. Just invasion. The web planet. Oh, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how many has he done? I think make... I've done at least 20. Nah, nah, nah. Desperate Measures. Desperate Measures is from The Sensorites. Yes! Am I wrong? Yeah! Ah, oh, darn it! What's it from? Oh, that'll be The Rescue. Is it? Yes. Didn't know that. Yeah, you should have. I've got two wrong so far. Yeah, that's because you're really foolish. Um, Flashpoint. That's Dark Invasion of Earth. Of course it is. I think we must have had ten by nah, now. No. Nah. Oh, okay. Right. Um, one more, one more, one more! Yeah, and the final one. The final one. Ooh. Goodness me. Airlock. Airlock is from Galaxy 4. Yes! Wow. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed that quiz as much as I did. I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> right. You feel very special now. I feel very special. I don't feel at all like a freak for knowing that. Even when I didn't know half the answers, but I did know them. Winner of the world. Winner of the world. <coughs> what? She's back already. God, I just wanted to get rid of you. You're scaring off all the local flora and fauna. She seems quite excited. Mm. She has news. Mm. 
Well, it's the Kaliak, so probably not the most recent news. No, we don't ever expect recent news. Janet, go get the crow. Get, get the crow. <laughs> so there are two scrolls in Yonder Beak. The first scroll is in, entreating us to watch the World Cup final in order that we see the trailer for... No. In order that we see the trailer for the new season of Doctor Who. No, I'll wait for YouTube. There's no frickin' way I'm watching any football. Fair enough. And the other scroll is telling us that the Blu-ray for mm. season 12 <gasps> of Doctor Who, glorious package, um, reached number two in the charts, which I think is quite a... Tell me what season 12. That's Robot 3 mm. to Revenge of the Cybermen. Not the best season ever. It's very good. Basically. Wow. The box set is glorious. I've had it in my mitts. I've, I've touched it. I've caressed it. I haven't watched so any of it yet. when you say it's a Blu-ray of season 12, like yeah. it's one Blu-ray that has all of those. I don't understand. Different discs, but the whole, all the stories. You can still get things on disc. That's amazing. I know. You don't really understand the disc thing, do you? <laughs> disc world of weirdness. Although, when we were trying to watch The Visitation the other night, mm. did we use one of my DVDs instead of your download world of hell? Day by day. Day by day. We used a day by day. We did. Sometimes the physical medium surpasses the virtual one. Mm. Yeah. Um, that was so good that we managed to watch The Visitation. <laughs> Anyway, she's anxious for some sort of gift for her, um, her news. Have we got anything we can give her? Give her a free pen. A free pen? <laughs> right, she's going to go now. Bye, Kaliak. Thank you. Enjoy your pen. Thank you for your news. I imagine this will go out well after the World Cup final. But hey. Good. Yeah. Don't care. We don't really care about being very newsy, do we? Well, the Kaliak does, but... Really, she's just a bit behind the times. She just can't help herself. Oh, of course, because we were recording this slightly, um, slightly, immediately after the previous podcast. What? We can't. I've done shitloads since the last. Have one. you? What are you on about? I went out and did my hair. Did you? I did a few more escape rooms. You suit that colour. I know. Um, that we have not got a result for our Hall of Fame from last time. What? No, we still don't know Please who don't. the best supporting character was in the visitation. I mean. There's so many to choose from. I'm on the edge of my seat. So we are now falling, falling towards why everyone's here, let's be honest. No. Ooh. I feel like the stocks are up. <laughs> Rewind is the segment of our show in which we explore an old Doctor Who story and we decide whether it's, it's good, whether it's bad, all the things in between. We explore it in detail. Do we? Yeah, last time an incisive, incisive and fair... Um, I decided it was bad. ...analysis of the visitation. This week... I'm going to materialise and take a reading. Where are we? We're still in the solar system. Pluto? Pluto? Yes, Pluto. The ninth planet was, until the discovery of Cassius, believed to be the outermost body in the system... Leela, tell your tin pet to shut up. K-9, you can tell me later. Affirmative. Its distance from the sun is... Breathable atmosphere, that's wrong. There are buildings. Pluto's a lifeless rock. Leela? I think you and I should take a... W-A-L-K. W-A-L-K? Look. Look. Mistress. 
I know. Ready, master? No, 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 you're not coming. You stay here. Entreat, master. No. Are they good? No. Pluto's no place for a... I'm sorry, canine. Seamless in post there. So, I think this was kind of chosen by you as an antidote to the visitation. The visitation was full of sadness. <laughs> there was no joy, there was no love, there was no interesting interplay. So I just wanted to have something that I knew would give me the joy. And this did. This did it. It had joy in spades. It just, it had joy, it had thinking. Thinking, no less. Just unnecessary. There was a lot of unnecessary chit chat between <coughs> people. That but that was things. that was good. Was brilliant. Yeah, I have to admit, I was I was a bit fearful because I was thinking, I really didn't enjoy the visitation. Maybe I'll watch this and not enjoy it as well, and that would be really kind of depressing after watching the visitation. That'd be terrible. But it would. But in fact, the very first scene, which was in the TARDIS immediately made me realise that when you actually have people who can act better, mm-hmm. <laughs> you have a story you might want to watch. And to be honest... <laughs> OK, can we t- I'll, we're going to let you in on a secret what the actual story is now. The Sunmakers! <gasps> we would have had a clip, so they probably got it. Actually, we wouldn't have said the Sunmakers no, in the clip. Wouldn't. No, we wouldn't. Anyway, it was good. Um, but my fear with anything that's the Doctor and Leela is always that... There's not going to be lovely, joyful conversations because I know that he was happier with Lala Ward. I know that he was happier with Sarah. And I just, that always plagued me slightly. I just yeah. was like, okay, well, it's Lila. I know he felt a bit threatened by her. But their interplay was just beautiful. They got on so nicely. It was adorable. Interesting question for you around this. Do you think he was threatened by Leela? the character and the savagery and all that order. Was he threatened by Louise Jameson because she was such a good actress? Is such a good actress? Um, well, I'd say that probably does a disservice to Elizabeth Sladen and Lala Ward. Like, yeah, yeah. I think they were all good actresses. I do feel it was the type of role that she was given that was supposed to be quite strong and in control. Yeah. It was less of a... Lording. I'm in distress. Yes, I need your yeah. help. Sort yeah. me out. Um... And so, yeah, no, I, yeah, it, it just worked because they both were allowed to express their strengths. It was, yeah, it was really lovely. He, he didn't lose any of his manly I'm in chargeness. He did a yeah. lot of that. Yeah. But she was really allowed to be strong too. She was a big character in this, bigger than I've seen her in a lot of things. Your time's up, girl. Caesar. The next one dies. Take her, you cowardly scabs. Must I do it myself? Oh, try, Mandrill. Prove you have a heart as big as your mouth. Mandrill! Wait a minute, give the doctor some more time. It's possible that degrade Cordo took the wrong subway. <laughs> He's not too smart. Craven, gutted factory fodder. Are you frightened of a half-grown girl? I mean, is it too soon to go to some of my favourite Leela moments in the story? Yeah, can you wait? Okay. <laughs> no, please go. Yeah, I will then. I loved her relationship with Cordo in the piece, mm. Roy McCready. Um, right from the very start, like she's, and she, it's just such a lovely relationship, and they're so obviously happy to be with each other. Mm. And when Cordo um, 
volunteers to be brave, and she says you're the bravest man here, and all of that. He is. And the when development she... of Cordo is just amazing throughout. Yes, isn't it? Um, we've moved on to Cordo, but let's let's do that because there's much to be enjoyed there. It's just the whole that him waiting for the arrival of a baby that you're kind of expecting him walking up and down. Oh, right with his start, yeah. kind of wringing his hands because in every other situation there'd be a man waiting to hear about the birth of his child but yeah. no it was him waiting to hear about the death of his father it was just such a beautiful story it was just yeah. so clever to see the anticipation and the relief that he had that everything had gone to plan and his dad was dead and that it had all been okay yeah. and that was just so freaking clever from the outset and then the absolute desperation. He had no choice. He'd done everything. He's worked towards that moment forever. Yeah. And then he's like, actually, I've got nowhere to go from here. I really yeah. have no choice but to just top myself. Yeah. And see a man to go from that to the sheer joy of hope towards the end. It was just an amazing journey. That, yeah. yeah, they characterised brilliantly. I think I'm just going to skip back for the purpose of recording to the scene in which um, the Doctor and Leela prevent Cordo, Cordo from committing suicide. So here that is. Don't jump, please! Don't jump! Magnificent view, isn't it? How high is this building? A thousand metres. A thousand metres? Why? Are we interrupting something? What do you say, citizen? Well, somehow I have the impression you're thinking of killing yourself. The taxes. What? The taxes. I can't pay the taxes. Oh, the taxes, my dear old thing. All you need is a wily accountant. Would you care for a jelly, baby? Hmm? Try one. What? They're rather good. <laughs> now, tell us about it. This is Lila. I'm the doctor. Okay. So, um, yeah, the whole journey from him, from that absolute despair to feeling like a new man, which he expresses, he actually says, I feel like a new man, but also he fires his gun in the air at one point. He's so happy and he's, he's the most... But it is carefully done. It is kind yeah. of slow. Like, even before that, when he's, like, really wild with excitement, yeah. you can see him start to smile. You can see him start to have purpose. You can see him talking to people like he has a valid role to play. Yeah. And it's oh, it's so stunning to see a man without hope turn into someone who is part of something important. It's yeah, it's brilliantly done. Absolutely. Um, now I'm going to cut back to Leela to say a few more things about her. We went into Cordo territory. Um, <coughs> I felt that when she was with the others, mm. and they kept threatening, I was thinking again, they have no chance against Leela. Yeah, they were never ever going to be. Um, winning that fight and they she knew that that was the thing she never lost hope of the fact well of course I'm in charge here yes. no one's ever going to do anything yeah. against me like they dead. didn't quite know yet how strong she was and how capable she was but mm. they were a little bit fearful but her strength yeah. just did take over there yeah I, I love particularly her delivery of the line that is a promised thing ah mm. oh, wonderful mm. And also that other one to Mandrel when she's dressing Mandrel down and she's like, yeah, you may not help the doctor, you may not help me, but you will live down here, but without honour. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Brilliant scripting and delivery. Mm, it was beautiful. And I think probably why this is Louise Jameson's favourite story, as indeed it is, is that she gets so much to do, and it's not just that she gets stuff to do, it's the fact that she gets stuff to do that suit the character. Yes, it's not, it doesn't seem out of place. That... 
sheer joy she has on her face when she's on the little cart thing with mm. the gun just before she gets shot and she's yeah. like I'm freaking doing it yes. I am killing I, shit owning I'm this. changing worlds yeah absolutely um and other moments which I love I mean like when she's in absolute fury when she's in that straight jacket the fact that anyone would be as bold as to put her in a straight jacket she's just like wanting to pull their teeth out mm. it's fantastic so um, huge, huge plaudits to Louise Jameson for the for Leela in this. Yeah. Um, let's talk about another character. What did you make of Gatherer Hade? Um, he just—he wasn't much of a character. He was more a product of a system. He just—he, yeah. the system had happily worked for him, um, but he wasn't. I mean, he was selfish. But he wasn't very strong-willed or anything. He was just able to see other people's distress without it actually affecting him. It didn't need to be a particularly strong character. You could see anyone having fallen into his position with enough privilege, with enough of things going right for them. You could have ended up in the position of Gatherer Hade and just um, tweaked things slightly for your own benefit without necessarily feeling like you were an evil human. You've just done enough to keep the numbers right, to appeal to your seniors. Um, it, it wasn't like he was absolutely evil and he wasn't getting huge amounts of joy from other people's displeasure. That mm. was quite clever about it. He wasn't, he wasn't a nice man. You have to be, I guess, without morals slightly, but you don't have to be utterly cruel. You can just go along mm. with the system and yet be a part of something that is utterly vicious, that is absolutely vile and you can just be like well I'm just following orders I'm just yeah. doing what I'm supposed to do so he didn't seem an incredibly strong character he was just a bit of a Boris Johnson like buffoon almost yeah absolutely um, I love the bit where um, the doctor says do you want a humbug but basically he's saying you are a humbug mm. and also he's dressed like a humbug because he's got the stripes mm. it's really deliberate and I thought I d- that was clever. yeah I like that his stripes the colours of his stripes were so Unnatural. Everyone else is quite cheeseclothy and basic and without yeah. colour, without interest. Yeah. And he was the only one who was audacious enough to have bright pink all over him. I thought that was quite wonderful. Just different and yeah. just... It, it wasn't incredibly important to the plot, but it was just a bright and garish colour that was mm. so clearly showing the money, showing that mm. you have to pay for that. You don't just land with a bright yeah. pink and black outfit. Although there was, there was very careful um, costumes as well, because... And Cordo was degrade, wasn't he? Yep. And then you've got Marn and Bisham. Mm. They were their clothes were more silky. Yeah, yeah, definitely yeah. there was. There was really they really thought about the costumes. Yeah, yes. Um, also, um, Gatherer Hade. Um, what else? I was there was something else I really wanted to talk about. Um, I liked all the stuff about how he's a student of antiquity and he had the raspberry leaves and the mahogany. Yeah, he was really like kind of keeping up with the Joneses in a way, but... But a knowledge of history showed being rich. It showed, basically, if you were poor, all you would ever have learnt would have been enough to benefit you in your degrade job, in your need to work in a factory. So you'd learn nothing that could yeah. be about history. So it was almost just saying, I'm rich enough to have learnt pointlessness. Yeah. I'm rich enough to have learnt things of the past that yeah. I possibly don't need, but just show that I'm cultured. Yeah, yeah. It's that beautiful conversation with Cordo when M. Cordo expresses back to the Cordo love where he says, 
when Cordo said, there was even a picture of a tree. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Oh, yes. wow. Oh, on that subject, though, of wood and the mahogany. Mm, mahogany. There was a bit of a mistake, I think. We've not said anything negative at all about the Sunmakers, but mm. in that bit where they were trying to barricade the corridor, so neither and yes, people could... a out, lot of a lot wooden of wood, barricades, yes. Which was so rare and precious, wouldn't yeah. have been there. No, that would have been in Sorry. some kind of museum somewhere. That yes. should have been plastic. Not right. Yeah, so let's shame. not have a go. No, let's not, because everything was so good. Can we talk about the others? Yes, the others. Uh, Tell the me others about the others. matter to me a lot. See, to me... The whole time I watched this, the only real notes I made was about the others mm. because they were, to me, the absolute focus. So, obviously, it's such... You can tell this was written with such a, a, a clear anger at the system. There yeah. was that taxes are disgusting, the whole, the whole government system is absolutely grotesque and it is just to better the people who are in power and everyone else gets shafted so it made me feel that the others would be the good the kind the sweet and i i really thought that they would make clear parallels from early on where the bad people were in power the people who were being subjugated and were trying to escape from that would be the nice good people but they weren't yeah the rebels were nasty they weren't cohesive they weren't kind they were just getting by in a really disorganized unfriendly way which yeah. i thought was fascinating they didn't need to it wasn't that clear the ones in white are nice the ones in black are bad it was yeah. like the ones down below have their flaws too they are not yeah. great people yeah they they had been completely downtrodden by the society they weren't just there escaping they were still very much a product of the society mm. from up, up above. They, were, um, they didn't have hope. They didn't feel like there was a future. There was no need to band together and create a better future. They were just, ugh, we can just rob a few people and we can get by. Yeah. There was no possible positive outcome for them. They, they weren't good kind of Robin Hood characters. They weren't trying to work for a better future. They were surviving. So was this um, realism in the writing? Mm. Because I guess once you're denuded of any sort of hope, then this is where you go. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. I guess you're just used to seeing such black and white in the good and the bad. Yeah. The the tax collectors are going to be bad. The people who are trying to fight that system would be good. But they, they were just human. They were just people who were a product of the system around them and they didn't know what to do. So they fought within each other. They blamed everyone. They weren't great people. They just Mm. knew what they saw wasn't right because it hadn't worked for them, but not necessarily because they had a deep abiding sense of what was right in the world. They Mm. just, they still very much, like they even believed that Cordo being a D grade was still quite low, even though the grades didn't matter to them. Right. They still saw him as lower. Yeah. Because he was still a low grade. They were still very much a product of that society yeah. from up above. Still almost living within it. Yeah, they, they weren't removed enough from it to have created their own society. They were just a tiny little subset that still reflected everything that was above. Which, yeah, it, it was nice that they kind of fought it out at the end. But, it, it, yeah, they weren't, they weren't the wonderful kind of... Mm. The people with good, happy thoughts that you wanted them to be. They were just... 
kind of bad, kind of good. Just they would still do horrific things if they needed to. There was absolute humanity to them. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to play in a short scene of Mandrel threatening the Doctor, which I just love Tom Baker's performance here. This is your last chance. You're a fool, Mandrel. I didn't know why yet that I was released from the correction centre. The gatherer gave me a cock and bull story about machine error. And he gave me a thousand Talmars to make it sound convincing. That's all I know. You'll have to do better than that, Doctor. You're not very good at it, Mandrel. Talk, Doctor. It's the eyes. No conviction. I'm going to count to ten, Doctor. One. Oh, put it aside, Mandrel. You look a fool. Two. Three. Four. Five. Five. Ha! Hold it, Mandrel! Thank you, gentlemen. Nice to see you. Where's Lila? Well, where is she? Okay, of the others, which one impressed you the most? Mm. They weren't impressive. No, okay. They really weren't, though. Like, they were just people who... I, I, in the same way that Cordo had, they had been left no other choice but to opt out of society. I don't think anyone had made that absolute choice because they were like, right, I don't believe in this, mm. I'm going to go somewhere else. They were all people who just really had no other choice but to escape. They weren't great people. And the one thing I really um, I hadn't noticed before, which I thought was fascinating, is that they... The... Um, the What's he called? The nasty man. Mandrel? No, no. Not on about the others now. Oh, the collector. The collector, or whatever government was running things. Yeah. Ah, yeah, because that sweet guy that got caught... With, Bisham. Yes. His thing, the thing that he had done wrong, was to try opiates. And I just thought that was fascinating. Yeah. That in order to... Um, if you were rich, opiates were okay. Yeah. You were okay to not feel. Basically, opiates kind of give you a softening of mm. feeling. Yeah. And so if you were a rich person, you were allowed to forget about the world. You were allowed to escape, yeah. really, because the world's horrific. But... If you were a poor person, what they were going to do to you in, what do they call it, when they, is it corrections? or the correction centre. In the yeah. correction centre, they need you to feel things intensely. And yeah. that was a brilliant thing. They didn't just want you to go through pain. They wanted you to feel that pain so intensely. Mm. They would alter your physiognomy so that you felt things so painfully. Which is horrific. That was, so it was like the difference between rich and poor was rich people don't feel soft and and the the poor people feel things with absolute pain and rawness and yeah, yeah it was such a clever way of showing things like it was because often you get shown that the drug side of life is the the down and out side yeah. no that wasn't it the drugs yeah. was for the rich the drugs were for the people who could yeah. afford to not feel the pain yeah. everyone else had to have the bare rawness of reality so that was the bit I took. Yeah. <laughs> and it's also interesting that the dulling of inhibition and there was the inhibiting mm. aspect of the PCM gas, oh, which yes. stopped people from, from starting a revolution. Yeah. Even Leela was like, what is it about this place that I feel fear? Mm. She never, ever felt fear before. Yes, and she was like, she's so strong. Yeah. Yeah. No, that to me, it was 
it was incredibly generous. It brought me back to um, Blake Seven, the beginning, that whole. Um, oh yeah. right, the way back. Yeah, yeah, the way back. Yeah, yeah. with the it, the drugs that stop yeah. you some, from revolting. And I, I would say, even though I did really enjoy the Sunmakers, I do feel that the way back had such a poignance. It had such a a clever way of making you feel like the world was desperate. Mm. Like you were with those people who thought there was no way. Mm. Those people who were just drugged up and not surviving. And it was different. They were called almost in a drugged up kind of happiness in the way back. Where yeah. they were just like, oh, it's just not worth it. Life's all right. Whereas this was like, you're going to feel fear and stress all the time. Yeah. Um, which is possibly their downfall. Because mm. people did feel like there was no way out. Which is why there was that revolution. I mean, I wonder how much the Sunmakers influenced Blake Seven because mm. it was the following year that Blake Seven started. Oh. Um, and of course, Pennant Roberts was one of the main directors. He didn't direct the way back. That was um, Michael Bryan, Michael Bryan. Right. But um, you do have, of course, Michael Keating, who's Villa, mm. and you. Have... He wasn't in the way back, though, was he? I don't think so. I think he no. comes in episode the next two. Episode, yeah. yeah. Um, Adrian Burgess, who plays Veet. She appears as one of the characters who's on drugs yes, in is. Shadow, the second yes. series. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. With, um, she plays opposite Carl Hammond in that very well. Yes, she does. But um, it's interesting, the parallels. I think it was keying into something that was... It, it was a story that needed to be told, I think. Yeah. It just so stands the test of time. Yeah. Everything about it is just... I mean, you hear... Obviously, my my Facebook feed at the moment is just full of... Disneyland employees who are unable to make ends meet. They are working all the hours that God sends and the taxes right. are so high that they can't afford to eat. If they were to eat the food that they are serving to people every day, then they get sacked, they're hungry, they're only eating one meal a day. Recording. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they're, they're not getting by. And there's, like, Bernie Sanders, the love of the world is um yeah he's fighting their cause at the moment to say look this isn't a life this these yeah. people cannot make ends meet and it's exactly the same they you know they're fighting for the they don't have enough talmars no they're fighting for the golden death and they can't just they can't afford to just do the basics in mm. life um so it's it really is amazing that this was a 70s it was 70s yeah 77 77 yeah yeah it that this is so yeah yeah it just knew and nothing nothing really has made a big advance so that people aren't affected by this system it almost yeah. feels like it's gone backwards i love that they call it the consum bank and the consum card as well yeah that's so cool it's just you're just consumers yes you're nothing more that's than all consumers. you are yeah i also love the um parallels with fake news mm. which of course makes it very today um, it was that it was when they decided to do the rebels decided to do a public announcement of mm. the revolution in order to help the revolution mm. along. Yeah, which was such a modern idea. Yes. Attention, all citizens! Attention, all citizens! Stand by for an important public bulletin. Megropolis One is now under the management of the citizens' revolution. The collector, the tax gatherer, and all other company officials are to be arrested on sight. It's happened. All guards are ordered to lay down their arms and join their fellow citizens in peaceful cooperation. And I did find it, the doctor, often when he fixes things, he fixes things just, he kind of goes off in his own little world and he doesn't really tell people and he's just like, I'm just going to do a few things and I'm going to reverse this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to fix the world and it's all going to be yeah. fine. But you could tell his role in this 
was to bring hope. Mm. All along the way, he was saying positives to people. He was like, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do this and it'll help this. And he was like, what you need to do is this. And he was giving them the opportunity to take part. Everyone had to take part in order to realize the importance of this. It it was, uh, he wasn't playing the godlike character that he often does. Mm. He was playing someone who was just enough to bring hope, but they were the ones who could fix it. And he, he quickly switched around, away the, um, around the, the negativity of the others. The scene in which he persuades them, let's start the revolution, is so quick. They're so ready for, to find a saviour mm. and to do something. I really love the fact that they kind of flocked around his ideals straight yeah. away. Yeah, just the, but the tiniest piece of hope was enough. Yeah. Because they, the whole thing just showed that without, without that change, without just some tiny... Catalyst. in their life yeah. they, there was no hope yeah. there was no hope in their lives at all it really was just get through this pain or die yeah now of course much I think what we've been talking about isn't really what the story often is talked about which is all Robert Holmes hatred of the taxman and the fact that he was a, a jobbing writer and he had to pay taxes and he hated it but I mean often people focus more on the language which is fantastic but it isn't the glor- most glorious thing about the episode mm. But um, I did enjoy things like um, um, I've got your invoice for your erasure, be- erasure before close of business today and oh. placing Leela in pending. Yes, before. and the P45 return. <laughs> yes, and stuff. all that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And all the questions are like, but where does the profit go? What's the point of the company? And like, mm. no one knows. I bet that's more, much more of a thing now. Like back in yeah. the 70s, it yeah. was more governments that had that Mm. charge but now it is the multinational companies they have more power mm. they these big conglomerates do have so much more power and they do make massive decisions that yeah. impact us all and it was just it was so clever to know that that was the way the world was going it was all going to be about the company at some point yeah yeah one thing that really confused me was yeah. the um the fact that, um, and I know this was more of a an indictment on the tax collector guy, but the the fact that a public execution is a draw for anything like yeah. that used in Doctor Who quite often. I think they do yeah. quite often have that. There's finished in some Faros as well, isn't there? And um, is that in Time Lash? There in, in Time Lash where they're watching. Um, oh, maybe I'm confused. Possibly. Um, but yeah, just that whole thing of. People, I mean, it obviously did happen in the past. Like, it's not just a made-up thing. People used to go and watch hangings. Yeah, Tyburn Hill. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just, the whole concept, every time I hear it, see it, think about it, just confuses the shit out of me. I cannot imagine just being someone who's like, oh, cool, let's go do that today. Like, it's just so far from reality for me, but I know it was a thing. Like, and it's something that is, is used so often as a device that I think does play on some part of humanity there must be that kind of fascination that kind of fear of the the grossness of death that people do want that but it just i i can't ever understand why or why how that's want employed to see that. yeah mm. yeah and the collector is painted as so vicious i mean he's one of the most disgusting horrendous villains it's nice that he is non-human I think it's easier to cope with him because he's he is just like a little fungally creature yes. thing. But well it, he's kale with eyes the kale doctor says eyes. that was a really good description Beyonce loves the kale you know <laughs> she, she does. does it have eyes? I don't know yeah. <laughs> but um, the collector in the sense that um, he 
he even well, he wires the cabinet for sound the um, that Leela's yes, in. He needs to hear every nuance. But he's phone. really annoyed that 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 machine is overriding. Because it will affect the fact that he won't hear the screams so clearly. That is really dark. Yeah. That's <laughs> just... But... That noise, heat. Can't something be done about it? We shan't hear her. It's vibration in the exchanger, your magnificence. I know what it is. I don't want my pleasure ruined by it. Her cries will be clearly audible. That's that. The subtleties will be lost. The deeper notes of despair, the final dying cadences. The whole point of a good steaming is the range it affords. Everything about him you can kind of cope with because it's not human. And I think that it was good that it did that because otherwise I think it would have just reached levels of grossness you couldn't quite cope mm. with. But um, yeah, because even Gatherer Hage seemed a little bit like, okay, yeah, it's a bit weird. I'll do it because you're my boss. But he didn't seem like completely like, I really want to hear those screams. Like, no, he wasn't into that. No. No. I mean, the collect had that line, I don't want my pleasure ruined by it. <laughs> it's awful. Um, and he wanted to hear the final dying cadences. Wow. Yeah. Other thing with the collect, I mean, We'll get on to his, his death scene. But um, the love the bit of business that him and Henry Wolfe, Tom Baker and Henry Wolfe, worked out in rehearsal, which was that Henry Wolfe would touch the Doctor's hair. Oh, yes. Because he obviously doesn't have any hair. It, it was that the... what that was. It yes. did seem really beautiful. It was. It, it, was, it was theatrical, wasn't it? Yes. It was like a play. It was like, I'm gonna... They were so close to each other. Yes. The interaction between them was quite beautifully done. And yeah. he was just... I can work with you, you're a, like a businessman, but also I kind of want to touch your hair and I want to... Because I, <laughs> I haven't got any. Yeah, yeah that was really lovely. Absolutely. Um, and, yeah, the line, oppression of the masses is the only policy which pays dividends. Yeah. Yes. So... A bit deeper than the visitation. Just slightly deeper than the visitation. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the visitation's good too. No, it's not. No. I, mean, I think I love the fact as well, there was the depth... Not only was this a corporate society constructed by the userers, as they were the usarians, or whatever they were, the fact that it was they worked out that this was better, more efficient than war. Yeah. So they'd done war. It wasn't but they like, were like the choice hadn't been because war's bad. It was just no, like it's not as efficient. Commercial imperialism was more efficient. Yeah. And I thought that was fascinating. Yeah. That really thought through. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Um and other things I liked... God, it's such a contrast to Visitation, isn't it, Richard? Other things I didn't like. Um, the fact that they had aspects or things that you didn't see, like the, there was these Ajax, these characters yes. who you Who didn't... are the Ajax? I couldn't quite... Are they just rich people? Or I don't know. Are they rich, difficult people? Or... But it reminded me of the Shobagans in, in The Invasion of Time, which, you, which were the people who lived on the outsides in Gallifrey, and it was like characters who you didn't really see that much who were still talked about. Right. And they're talking of the inner retinue, which I think were his guards, actually. But you just got a picture of that society before, which was unnecessary. You didn't have to oh, have but that. They gave, yeah, they definitely gave you layers. It wasn't just like, there's the poor people and then there's us. There's definite levels to the society, which is what keeps it going. Yeah. People are working towards something. There's, like, there's the degrades. Perhaps there's a chance they might move up. Yeah. One day there'll be this. And let's just talk about some of the comedy, um, because it was really funny. Laugh out loud funny and places. I yeah. think my favourite early bit was when um, 
when Cordo shouts, it's the Gatherer, and Lila shouts, run, Doctor, it's the Gatherer! (laughs) She doesn't know who the Gatherer is, but they still run, which is fantastic. And then, as they're running away, the Doctor comments to Cordo, for someone about to commit suicide a few minutes ago, you seem very anxious not to get caught. Yes, it's so lovely. It's a brilliant thing about the human spirit and survival. almost that he had, almost as soon as he met the Doctor and Leela, that little spark of hope was in him. So that's yeah. that hope was there. So actually, if there is possibility for life, I'll take it. But yeah. up until that point, he hadn't got any. Like to die before he'd met them would have been probably okay because his future was so dire. But as soon as they come into play, like there's a chance that there is a hope. There is a better chance for life because yeah. he'd met these people who are slightly different. Yeah. I also was interested in the character of Marn. Yeah. There wasn't as much in it ultimately as I hoped there would be. Because I think I was getting confused with Timon from the Caves of Androzani, who is this female character who stands on the sidelines and in the end she takes over from Morgus and she betrays him and she like all the time she's been dismissed as a secretary, she actually takes over. Yeah. That and I've just up. been listening to Necromantia where oh, yeah. Um, Talis does exactly the same. There's, okay. The main character is Ma, who's the CEO of yeah. a company who's like making horrible dodgy deals, and Talis is this woman who is just yes sir, no sir, and at the end she's just like, nah, you're a crap boss, I'm going to kill you, and then she takes over. Okay. Everything. And it's just, just the same trope. It, it's yeah, and you can definitely see that within Marn, but it also, I, it didn't take it there, and I think it was just the fact that if you're born to a certain level of society just shutting up and nodding and just doing what you need to do and not bucking things will mean that you get by okay. Yeah. If you don't question it, then in Trump's world, then you will, you'll probably be okay. You'll yeah. survive. You will make enough. You're high, high enough up in the um, society to, to not want to fight for those who are below you. Yeah. And, but yeah, she's a, a selfish human ultimately. And yeah. just, will do what she needs to do in order to make her life okay. And so she wouldn't have fought beforehand, but when it looks like the rich people may die, then she'll be like, yeah, I'm going to join you. Yeah, she says, she does, she says, oh, yeah, I'm one of you, or she, at the last minute. And I think that's the last time you see her. Yeah. And then she probably goes to ground, which is very wise, because she doesn't want to get thrown off the roof like Gathera Hayde. Yeah. Anyone in silky clothes is in trouble, I think. (laughs) (laughs) But also the fact that he gets thrown off the, the roof yeah. And you're all just like, yeah, good. Like, I know. I didn't feel any remorse. No. There was no part of us that was like, that's someone who just got killed. Like, you're like, yeah, no, that's okay. That's fine. He was a bad man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's the gatherer. It's the gatherer! I order you to leave. <laughs> you paid the alley. Keep back. Don't you dare! And we'll do the same to the collector when we find him, won't we, citizens? Yeah! Um, I also want to um, discuss briefly K9, because I felt that. I'd say this is the best K9 episode I've ever seen. Really? He honestly 
had personality. He was harumphing his way through. He was like taking the piss. He was like, yeah, perhaps I shouldn't have feelings, but I kind of do. Like he, he does have feelings in it, yeah, doesn't he? Yeah, he really he made his point clear with the odd, yeah, nod here and there. And he goes, yeah. he's ooing. I don't remember canine ooing. No, like yeah, yeah. And you knew how he felt throughout, which yeah, yeah it was an interest because generally I find canine in most episodes detrimental to the it's plot. A plot he's device, just, usually, yeah, it? he's someone who can generally shoot the odd guard here yeah. and there when he's kind of you're thinking there's no way out at that cliffhanger. But actually, he um, he wanted to be liked. He was showing his absolute support for Leela throughout. Like he was hers. It was him and her together. They yeah. were they were an absolute partnership. It, yeah. was, it was beautiful. Yeah, and that thing about emotions. He actually requires praise. When he shoots those two guards. Yeah. And Nina says, what, do you want a biscuit? <sighs> and the fact that shows there is an emotional element yeah, to his character. Yeah, there is the whole he tale wants thing. praise from his mistress. Yeah, yeah. I, I need some kind of gratification here. Yeah, and the fact that he completely ignores his instructions to stay in the TARDIS. Yeah. And he's like, no, nah, I'm following them, they'll get into yeah, trouble. Yeah, just, need yeah, affirmative. <laughs> yeah, I was told <laughs> to stay there, yeah. Yeah, you're right, I didn't do it. <laughs> K-9. I, I don't know how to say this, Oh, kid. Master, your concern is noted. Please do not embarrass me. I want to talk about the direction as well, because um, Pennant Roberts, who was someone I was lucky enough to meet and talk to quite a lot, sadly never about Doctor Who, only about Tenko, because I was, I was doing the, um, the book at the time. But, um, and also in terms of Survivors, which I did the DVD releases for, and I DVD. talked to him about that. DVD. <laughs> and... I was reminded of the Survivors episodes, The Lights of London, which is a two-parter. And I was thinking, oh, God, now it makes sense, because Pennant Roberts directed both... directed The Lights of London. Is The Lights of London one the one where the rats come and attack? Someone? Yes. <gasps> they attack Ian McCulloch, and oh. I'm, I'm with the rats on that. <laughs> yes! Yeah, Ian McCulloch. Hurt Ian McCulloch. <laughs> he was a bit of a twat. Not a nice man. <laughs> Let's have all the rats Not necessarily Ian. hurt Greg, but just Ian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had to send those rats in but um, the reason why I was thinking oh this reminds me of the Lights of London is absolutely because they filmed part of it in the same place in the underground um, the, very different the tunnels feel. very different this yeah. had a real plasticity to it that you just kind of yeah. apart from those tunnel like... bits which were metally. oh okay but yeah. I still felt the, the tunnels were they weren't as dirty and grotesque as kind of plague filled London mm. they were still quite clinical and yeah. without um, without disease disease wasn't a part of this the only disease was the kind of sadness and like absolute futility of life yeah. there was no it wasn't about things being dirty or um, the chance that it was plague or death it was just like there is no point to live yeah. which was a very different kind of tone to survivors yeah, it was but Pennant Roberts directed them both it's interesting to me that Pennant, I think it's a fantastic director. I mean, you just have to watch his Tenko episode and you know it. Here, you'd think it's fantastic direction as well. I mean, my favourite, one of my favourite directed scenes is when the, um, the vehicle is coming away along down the corridor and Leela's been left behind, her prone figure on the floor, mm. and the guards are coming towards her and it's carrying on. I thought that was beautifully done in that long, endless tunnel. And I think he's a good director, but often he just gets shocking scripts. I mean, if you talk about um, Warriors of the Deep, that's Pennant Roberts. But 
You do know Warriors of the Deep. The Merker oh, mur- the and the, the bad sea and devils. Woman and the woman who... Oh who high kicks the... Yeah. <laughs> Let's really not do that one any time soon. Yeah, okay. But, um, yeah, a lot of love for the old pennant, who, of course, was also responsible for casting Louise Jameson in the first place. Oh, well done. Yeah, so well done, pennant. Yes. Uncle Penn. Um, so I think... Is there anything else you wanted to say? That's it. Is that That's it? That's my notes done. Well done. Yeah. Good notes this time. I liked my notes. They're actually Can notes we... sat in front of Alex. Quite here. incisive, weren't yes, they? Yes, they were yes. very good. You did yes. very well. Do you notice on the back? Yeah. have got... They're on Doctor Who based. They're Doctor Who. They're from a Doctor Who calendar. Yes. Tooth and Claw. Wow. New Earth. Yeah. And just a bit of David That's Tennant, a very old calendar, isn't it? It is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... Anyone else we didn't mention that we should have? No, I think we've, we've covered it all. So, I would just like you to sum up your views on, this, on the Sunmakers. Um, oh, God, that's tricky. Um, I, it was just very, very pertinent. It, w- it really, of all the Doctor Whos that I've rewatched, it has been the one that seems most instructive for present day. It is about rising up and not accepting that what you have in front of you is okay. It really is one of those where that any tiny bit of hope is worth fighting for. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's not something that I, I feel I can say lightly. It, it's not one where you can be like, oh, isn't it great? And they all talk to each other nicely, and isn't it positive? It was, it, it's important. The, the whole fighting against the system, making your... Um, your mark in the world is vital. So yeah, it, it was yeah, it was wonderfully instructive for what we should do right now. Fuck Trump. <laughs> there we go. The, the cockwomble. <laughs> um, and I just like to yes reinforce that and just say I felt it was one of those stories that made you think actually yeah, Doctor Who is important and it has something to say and it can be more complex than you imagine. It can have layers. Um, unlike other stories which will remain nameless. The Visitation. That's <laughs> <laughs> not nameless. <laughs> oh, I don't know how that worked. Um, I, just, I just thought there was so much going on and it, it was just rich with, with content and with things that would be thought-provoking for the viewer. And, yeah... And there's just those moments at the end of episode three when it's the steaming, which I will always be with me because I, I watched them as a, a small child and was terrified at five of the fact that Lila was going to get steamed, which was just Could have happened. awful. Mm. Awful. Yes. And we actually have supporting characters that we can vote on. <gasps> we do. <laughs> Thank we have goodness. our Hall of Fame, which you will be voting on on, on the Twitters. On the Twitters. Yeah. So... Um, so who are our characters? Well, let's have the fanfare first. Woo! Who will enter the Sunmakers Hall of Fame? It's up to you. Yeah, so we have... So we have Gatherer Hade. Gatherer Hade. Yeah. Yeah. Cordo. He's... Cordo is freaking amazing. He develops beyond... We've got Veet. Veet. She controls hair yeah. removal and also... She wants Leela's skin. She wants Leela's skin, but she giggles every time anyone's in trouble, which I find really strange. She, <laughs> she giggles. So there's a lot of a, laughing. A maniacal laugh. Yes, quite scary. Yeah. Then we have Mandrel. 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 William yeah. Simons. Yeah. No, he. I liked how weak he was, um, and how that was exposed regularly. Like they didn't allow that to be left. Like he was exposed as being weak a number of times. Tom Baker was very 
careful to expose like that's just not who you are I yeah. see your eyes yeah. um, but Leela didn't have to say that she just knew it she was yeah. just in charge um, okay and what um, what's the other dude the guy who was very cleverly the exec grade one Bisham Bisham played by David Rowlands yeah yes. he was really likable too we've got Marn Marn gosh we've got so many Janina Scott John Ina. John Ina. <laughs> I don't feel like the collector's a supporting character because he's like the villain. Does he's he kind of mainish. Yeah. Um, That's more than enough for the vote. Yes. <laughs> to be honest. I think we're basically saying we liked all of them. But yeah. let's see, but see if, what the viewer if, decides. If you're listener. human, then really you have to really consider how important Cordo was. Yeah. Really. You'd, okay, that's leading. That is quite leading, yeah. but I don't feel like leading is a bad thing. Okay, Cordo so, was amazing. So, on that note... Yeah, Cordo was amazing. <laughs> so, if you like this podcast, if you like the Sunmakers, you really should vote in this poll. And we, you ought. You ought. Cordo. <laughs> <laughs> so... On that note, I think it's time to say goodbye to you, dear listener. Thank you for listening to us. Thank we really you. enjoy spending time together doing this. I know, we're still together! <laughs> she makes together. It sound like I should have gone. <laughs> um, I think it's time for us to have some cheese and biscuits and to play Ticket to Ride. I think so. So I think it's time to say goodbye. But next time we do this, it'll be a distance. I know, see face. It will be quite sad. We'll be quite sad. And it's very unlikely that we'll actually have the glory of watching something anything as good as The Sunmakers. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so let's just enjoy this moment and um and say goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Christy, goodbye. can you say goodbye? Goodbye. Oh, good goodbye job. Goodbye from you Christy. Instrumental. I know. Bye-bye. Nine. What do you want? A biscuit? <laughs> <laughs>